Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Hello. Hi. I'm Brittany. I'm Brad. And we are Audio Shelf. We want to just let you know (laughs) that... The book that we're about to review, we wanted to love it so much. We really did. So we're about to discuss the book Song Below Water. And who is it by, Brittany? Uh, Bethany C. Morrow. Yes. So this book, I was so excited. What were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were that it was going to be um, fantastical and also very, um, I'm having trouble with my words today. Yeah, it was going to be like in water. I wanted mermaids. I thought it was going to be like mermaids and there was going to be all these fantastical elements to it. But then also like by the description, have it synced in with um, the BLM movement. Yes. And the, the importance of like ending systemic racism and police brutality. Mm-hmm. And it is. Like that is... It- very much what it is about very much however it is described the genre that it is described as is modern fantasy mm-hmm. i would argue i don't i don't know if this is a genre but i would say that it is abstract contemporary oh explain that for me because i am dumb i just think that it is a contemporary novel that takes place in like the the today world with the today issues and and problems with the universe Mm -hmm. and it also approaches it in an abstract way that is easy for teens and young adults that this book is geared towards to digest Mm. so I feel like while it is described as fantasy it's not so much fantasy there are sirens and um serpents or I can't remember what they, those are called the Gregorians. 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 I don't even remember. It's yeah, um, and then they're gargoyles and stuff, but those are not the focus of the story. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the fantasy element is not so much fantasy as it is just an abstraction as a way to relate to the BLM movement that's yes. happening in the book. And even the writing style, it it boils down to how the author kind of meshes the fantasy and the contemporary message that it's giving Mm -hmm. the writing style would have been fantastic if this was just about two sisters who were facing discrimination Mm -hmm. and bonding and figuring out how to become themselves without society's kind of down down putting them you know yeah and I just don't know if the author really like grasped the fantasy aspect to it because there was a lot of, oh, I'm a siren and sirens are bad or sirens, you know, we are hunted. And there were there was a lot of telling me about these, these magical creatures mm-hmm. without showing me, without discussing the kind of mythology about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it was really, it was a disappointment for me because I wanted gargoyles and I wanted <laughs> mermaids and I wanted sprites. And I'm not just talking about the can of sprites. <laughs> And that's why I think uh, I think that it it went so well with the age range that it was supposed to be in because 
it allowed those younger audiences to experience and be exposed to something that is very difficult yeah. to describe to people. It's it's hard to describe to a child the the importance behind mm-hmm. um, ending police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement. It's hard mm-hmm. for that to happen. And I think Bethany did a great job in that respect of spinning it and and putting it in a different kind of like vocabulary kind Mm -hmm. of like because it was sirens yes and um it was the the sprites were were looked at as problems and um sirens were being arrested and brutalized and killed Mm -hmm. by police officers for using their voice and so it was very much a a commentary on what is happening now just in a different sort of package which mm-hmm. might be easier to digest even the usage of a siren versus a mermaid because when you hear of siren you think of evil creatures with mouths biting sailors and <laughs> that's what i think about when I think about a siren. And so they're always in, there's always a negative connotation to them. So it's not like mermaids. Mermaids are beautiful and they have sea cups on their boobs. So I really like how Bethany chose the siren over the mermaid mm-hmm. because essentially that is the stigma of Black individuals. That's the whole point of Black Lives Matter. It's like their lives matter. Yeah. So I really liked her her choice of mythologi- mytholo- mythological. <laughs> You're making up new words. <laughs> I just liked I liked her choice of the siren. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the gargoyle came in, it even though like the bodyguard, which I did not. I love a good gargoyle, but I'm like, girl, gargoyles, gargoyles, gargoyles. But I also I was thinking about this because this this book is one of those books where it took me a couple of days to like really process mm-hmm. because I wanted so much to love it. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just not the reader for it, you know? I think there are so many younger people, I like you, like you said, younger people that can really benefit from this type of book. But mm-hmm. for a 30-something-year-old white man, it just wasn't the book for me, even though I really wanted it to be because I love yeah. the message and I love the kind of the fantasy element of it. Yeah. But it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I definitely think that this would be a wonderful book for like your god children yes. to listen to. Yes. Um cuz oh. we did the audiobook version. I don't know if we have talked about this part yet. We did the no. audiobook version of this. Um so it was 9 hours and 23 minutes, which yeah, it sounds like a long time. However, all of the information in there was important and applicable to real life. Yeah. Like all of the messages, the the uh, sense of fear mm. and and not belonging is absolutely what we're seeing on the news, out in demonstrations, just everywhere right now. And I think it was very important to also have this in our ears too. And so I think for your godchildren, my my niece is a little bit older, so I I don't know how much it would stick with them, mm-hmm. but. Definitely in the range of like nine to 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 seventeen, especially the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I just, I really wish it it would have been amazing if it was just contemporary. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the that's the trickiest part for me is this author's voice and her writing style was made for young adult contemporary. 
Yes. And I think the mythos element of it just did not need to be in there. It was very interesting and I think it gave a great spin on it. And yeah, like we've been saying the whole time, it just didn't mesh with us. But for a younger generation, um, I think that getting the message across in the in the siren versus um the locusts, they also had like that that thing that I think was cannibalistic. Yeah, I and I think that was the downfall was a lot of the the mythos wasn't described very well. Yeah, it, it kind of like fell apart in some areas, but the, the main thing was the siren and police brutality, which yeah. went very well and was very was described very well. Now, if if you were to give me a fantasy about like sirens and these fishermen or these like hunters on the sea that were, you know, that like to patrol the seas and, you know, make, make people, you know, primarily sirens fear them. Mm-hmm. Now that is something I would have kind of like related to more in terms of fantasy and that whole metaphoric movement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. I get exactly what you're saying. And I think it also like comes back to Bethany maybe wanting to attract that younger audience with this because the description Mm -hmm. of the book was very much playing into the siren and the BLM Mm -hmm. um, and putting them together. However, the only way that they were putting, putting it together was through sirens being the ones that were like mainly brutalized Um, by people they Mm -hmm. were the ones that were like we need to outlaw them you wear these collars so they cannot affect you Mm. Um, all kinds of stuff like that so I felt like the description of the book didn't really get across that contemporary feeling Mm -hmm. enough I agree like it, it it more so played into that fantasy realm where when we dove into the book no pun intended um (laughs) it is more contemporary, like you were mm-hmm. saying. It just, it just, that's just what it is. Yeah, I agree. That's why I think it was abstractly in the fantasy world because, mm-hmm. yeah, they had the fantasy creatures, but there wasn't really much fantasy until the end, like almost the very end. Very end. It was just like, come on, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Let's talk about the narration. That's what I was exactly, I was, we are so tuned in. <laughs> I got my fancy drink. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our narrators for the novel are Andrea Lang and Jennifer Harrelson. Mm-hmm. I was, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Effie, Effie's narrator, I, I do not recall which narrator it was, um, was the better one of the two. Yes. So the, the, the book is told between two perspectives, Effie and Tavia. And both of them have about equal parts. It shifts between each chapter, um, trades off in between each one. So you really get both of their takes and stories. However, I felt that the main character in this book was Tavia. Yes. I just, I just didn't understand like needing Effie's perspective. Correct. And I think that going into the book, I knew Tavia was the main character. She's the siren. She's the one that's being, you know, um, you know, put down by authority and stuff like that. And then you get Effie's perspective and we're like, what is Effie? 
we don't even know what Effie is. Effie is like, who yeah. Effie is. Effie don't know who Effie is. And I'm like, Effie, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm like, her her perspective, I don't think was needed at all all. No, like she had a great journey that she was going on, but it just didn't come across as a a dual um, main character. I felt like I was reading two different books and I didn't know which book to pay attention to the, the yes. you know, the most. That is an excellent point. Like that, that just like perfectly wraps up everything that I've been thinking because mm-hmm. it just seemed like Tavia's book was winning. Yep. And Effie's book was just there just to add another dimension that we didn't need. We didn't need it. Like, yeah. we, I don't know. I just, and that's the thing is I liked Effie's narrator a lot more. And that's the killer. It was just like, uh. Yeah. And I liked Tavia's narrator. I just, there were some moments in the book. I was just like, what? Like, yeah. there's no emotion. There's just, you know who she reminded me of? Who? The... Girl from 13 Reasons Why, the um, the friend that gets drunk and gets taken advantage of in the in the first season or in, in even in the book. Okay. Because did you watch the first season? No. No. I gave it so, an automatic thumb down. Yeah. So there's a character in the book, and I'm wondering if people can recognize this. Her voice was so monotone, and but it was still like a valley girl. It was like a monotone valley girl voice. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tavia's narration reminded me of. And I'm interested. I, I kind of want to look up. I want to see their names because I don't know the actress's name because oh. it sounded just like her. It might be. It might be. We don't know. It might um, be. My issue with the narration for Tavia is that, yeah, it sounded monotone. And then eventually, like about midway through the book, I feel like she got a little bit more comfortable. Yes. With the character that she was reading. And so she was settled in. Um, but at the beginning, there were these moments where it was kind of like she was reading the novel for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And y- you know, like when you're reading something, like you're getting ready to read something that somebody wrote and you're you're going through it and there's a word that you missed at the end of a sentence that you think the sentence should have ended maybe mm-hmm. two words back. I mean, we narrated our own book. That was what I did half that book. Right. Was yeah. Read it for the first time and I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it just felt like some of the um there were some pauses in between a a sentence. It was still the same sentence. If I'm just like reading this thing of I hereby confirm that the participant does not have an elevated temperature or otherwise exhibit any symptoms of COVID nineteen. Yes. Like, there's just a a break in there, a a line break that is not done with a period or Mm -hmm. a comma or anything. It's just like a missed portion of the sentence. Yeah. There were several lulls in her, her narration. In her like delivery. Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning it was really bad. And then, um, what was that first word? I was like, cloudy, cloudy. I swear to goodness. I, literally rewound that audiobook about 12 times because I wanted to hear her say this word and it sounded exactly the same in all different speeds and it was what was the word supposed to be cloudy or was it supposed to be something else I think you had said that it was cloudy and it was pronounced cowdy or something yeah cowdy yes 
and I swear to the world, I don't even know what I'm going to swear to, but she said Cowdy like 12 times out of the 12 times I listened. <laughs> I was like- At different this- varying speeds. Yes. Cowdy. Cowdy. Okay. Another <laughs> thing that we need to mention- Yes. Is that it, this book at 1. 1.0, I don't know if, if it was a production thing where they purposely slowed it down or something- different but at 1.0 this this book is is tough to get through it is mm-hmm. hard because those those periods of lulls like you said are like 10 seconds long or maybe it's not even that long but it feels like an extreme amount of time to the point where I took it up to 2.10 which I I do not ever do because it's very hard but this book was actually kind of perfectly sped up at that speed i'm having trouble with my words today (laughs) no i definitely i i did about i think i did a 2.02 like it was it had to it had to let's go all right honey yeah Yeah. and i found that it it made the narration for um tavia a lot Mm -hmm. easier to understand and take in and pay attention to rather than when it was at that slower speed yeah now, will I read another book by this author? I think I would. Because oh, yeah. I because I did like her her use of language and her um writing style, but I just did not like the fantasy element. So if it's another fantasy book, I might be hesitant, but I'm mm-hmm. interested in trying it out to see if it's like Song Below Water. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought this for some reason what when I first looked it up was a part of a series, but mm. the book is does appear to be a standalone. Yes, yes. Um, which I kind of hope so. Which makes the the fact that like stuff didn't really start happening until the end of the book a little bit more disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I just don't think the book was for us. I think it was for a younger, for truly a teen. Um, listener who maybe wants to um, dive into some anti-racist thoughts um, Mm -hmm. and understand the movement a little bit more. And also to add on to that, I think, you know, as a teenager, I didn't know if I was interested in mythos and history and Mm -hmm. detail of certain types of, of, you know, creatures. So maybe this would be the perfect book for a teenager that's just 100%. that once that message, that very important message about Black Lives Matter without that whole, you know, history of a mythos cr- creature, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will give her kudos. At least she didn't write another witch book. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Like, you know, this idea of witches are the outcasts and they're, they're, they need to be stayed away from or mm-hmm. vampires who, you know... I feel like sometimes the vampires go into the LGBT category, you know, and werewolves about the idea of changing. At least she didn't do that kind of old take on mm-hmm. on mythological creatures. Yeah. I really appreciate that she did sirens and she did the serpents and she did gargoyles and sprites and all of that, all of those gargoyles. creatures. I don't gargoyles. even know what a, I still don't know what a sprite is. Is that a fairy? I, I thought it was Tinkerbell. I think they were literally Julia Roberts in in Peter Pan or in Hook, I mean. <laughs> I think that's the definition of a sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at things that people blame. 
I laughed out loud when you texted me. You were like, I thought a Sprite was a can, a soda can. I mean, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we tried it. It wasn't for us. and But I'm very excited to move on to the next list of books, especially books that are including, you know, BIPOC characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And written by, by BIPOC voices. Yes. Mm. So if you guys like this video, please check out our other videos and give us a like, a thumbs up, and hit that little red button down below to subscribe. And also, if you want to follow along with us on our various social medias, tell us what you thought of Song Below Water, because we know that it is a very popular book um, and people are loving it. So let us know what your thoughts were on our various social medias. We are on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me, Instagram at Audio Shelf Me, and Facebook at Audio Shelf. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest books and topics for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening.